Hello fellow music makers, music lovers and everyone in between. Welcome to episode 12 of Beat Around the Music podcast. My name is Billy Crabb and I'm joined by my wonderful co-host Alex JL. How are you doing Alex? I'm doing well. I'm just I'm just surprised we're at episode 12 already. It's just uh this has been I know. flying through, haven't it? <laughs> Do you know like we how we started saying well, I basically started saying season 1, episode 1 now because we're in 2022. I thought, oh, we'll do season 2. But now I've been watching all the other episode, uh, all the other podcasts on, um, on you know the Apple Podcast app, and I was like, oh, everybody's doing like episode two hundred and fifty. I'm like, oh, that sounds a little bit cooler than saying season two, episode one. It's a bit more of a <laughs> reference of how many episodes you've done. So we're we're turning it back to just episodes and however many old we school. do. Old school, old school, old <laughs> school. Yeah. How's yeah. Uh, how's how's your week been? How's uh, the music maker coming along? Give us a little update. Yeah, it's been going well. Obviously, um, had the release on Tuesday for the, nice. you know the first monthly lo-fi release, so that was nice to to kaleidoscope. Kaleidoscope. Kaleidoscope is the track. Nice. Yeah, it's up on uh, Bandcamp and all the mm-hmm. other stream sites as well, which is cool. Um, and also did tested out the Bandcamp live streams, which was very interesting. Um, definitely a few bugs there, I think, because. Mm. I know a couple of people were having issues. I know you said you had an issue with the chat. I w- and, it uh, would not let me, for some reason, <laughs> it would just not let me chat. Every time I tried to type in the chat, it would like, I would get a pop-up window and they would just refresh. So I think mm. uh, maybe it's just the early stages of Bandcamp Live. So they just need to iron out some of the uh, the details, I guess. But yeah, I mean, it was a good... I really liked your layout as well. It looked very professional, very uh, very smooth. So it's yep. a shame. You, are you able to share that video again? Were you able to download it in the end or was it yes. only available? So I've downloaded it. I actually recorded it in nice. OBS as well because I didn't know if, if um, Bandcamp oh, nice. would let you re-watch it later mm. on. And it still it still doesn't actually let you re-watch it, even though you, if you're a follower of, of obviously my page and everything. But... Mm. Yeah, I've got the I've got the download from OBS, and I'm just gonna upload that onto YouTube with a little bit of editing because I nice. I started the uh, the stream saying "Welcome to the album <laughs> listening party." I was just like, "Oh no, <laughs> good start." <laughs> you were remembering the uh, the previous album release, so <laughs> you're probably it, yeah. in, the, in that mode. Oh, I mean, right. we live and we learn, don't we? We live yeah. and we learn. Um, nice man. And how's the uh, so you you you're in the phase where you're doing like one release a, a month, right? That's your goal. How's the next release coming along? Yep, just going to master that one actually. Um nice. kind of been sitting on it for you know like I said before on the podcast and mm. um I think in the discourse I've mentioned it before just kind of letting the track breathe for a week, you know, after the final mix and just um yeah, coming back to it with a bit of a fresh ear always awesome. helps with the master side of things, but yeah, it's been good. It's been a good week. Great, man. Great. How about you? Yeah, I've been uh, I've been gradually working towards getting these songs for a record. Um, I managed to well last week I managed to work on a new track. Came up with a new kind of chord progression. Looking to do something a bit more upbeat. I think most of my songs are quite mellow, so just kind of exploring that avenue and came up with something cool on um, on stream. Ended up listening back to it off stream and just picked out one section that I really liked from the various chord progressions that I came up with. So it's quite nice. Yeah, it's been, um, you know, quite exciting to see what new ideas I've come up with and just how, you know, trying to, in a way, discover a new voice because I feel that I'm, I'm good at writing 
mellow songs and kind of a you know more laid back songs and i want to kind of explore that more dynamic more energetic side to music mm. so it's been interesting yeah it's coming along i think i need I, I think i need to push myself to uh be a little bit more active with the writing i feel like i need to block off one day or one morning just to say this is my writing time and just show up rather than mm. i think at the moment it's kind of been well the twitch streams have been helpful because that's kind of like a blocked out time where I can experiment and come up with new ideas. But in terms of the lyric writing, I want to spend a little bit more time um, on that and kind of finding out what topics I want to cover and what song ideas I can do. But other than that, yeah, it's going well. Um, I'm excited for the new stuff and we'll see how it goes. And this kind of, I mean, we're both working on music. So this kind of ties into the next, uh, possibly three topics. We're going to try and do a three-part um, conversation about releases and in this episode we're going to talk about some of the things that you can do before your release date and we're calling it the five pillars to support your music project before its release date and as we say it may be uh, a three-part thing where we talk about the pre-release the release dates and then uh, the third episode will be about things that you could do after the release date to kind of keep up the hype and push your music uh, further so i know we've been talking quite a bit about you know the pre-release and how we're going to go about releasing the tracks and i know mm -hmm. from since when i put the album out um there's a lot of there's a lot of planning involved in terms of kind of the tracks mm. but i didn't really put a lot of planning into the marketing side and that's kind of where we've you know had this conversation mm. almost arise from really so and we're both yeah. in different stages in terms of you know you're very much at the beginning of let's just write the songs and prepare all the songs ready for a potential album record. Mm -hmm. um, whereas I'm doing now the other side of things where every month I'm doing this kind of monthly track release. So mm. it's a lot more fast paced, I guess, in a way. Yeah. Um, and in our conversations, I, I kind of mentioned uh, that I've been following James Bay and how he's about to release uh, some new music. And we were kind of discussing the idea of like, okay, well, which one's better? Is it better to actually write all the music ahead of time and then once you've got a body of work to present then go into the whole process of you know announcing the release date and going through mm. all the stages that we're going to talk about today or should we be just going as we create should we be announcing things as we create music mm. and um, just kind of take well I mean there are two different approaches and uh, I, I think I mentioned in our conversation that or I think maybe it's best to prepare everything. And then once you've got everything done, um, just go through the process of announcing the release date. And then you don't have to stress about doing two things at the same time. But then you mm. had a different opinion, didn't you? Well, I did. I did at first, especially. I was quite strong about how I felt about it. And it was very much, you know, maybe having, you know, the release date set in a way. Um, mm. And then announcing things while you're still creating. But... I think obviously when we've been talking about um, that kind of approach and the approach of just actually getting some music together, um, I've kind of, you know, been swayed towards the middle mm. part of that now. Um, and I think, again, it comes down to how much planning you're putting into everything, you know, from when am I going to have all these tracks ready to go mm. all the way through to when am I going to announce the release and what kind of marketing approach am I going to take as well. So... Yeah, I mean, I think because as an indie artist, you know, that's what we are at the moment. We're not signed mm -hmm. to anyone. And yep. We're not, you know, full-time music. Um, 
So we're taking this, and I've kind of taken this approach where I'm making the songs. I'm saying, okay, I'm going to release on this day. That's kind of where, how I'm approaching these mm-hmm. monthly releases. And I kind of did that with the album as well. I just literally was still had a couple of tracks unfinished and just said, well, I'm going to put the album out this this date. Otherwise, it's never going to come out that sort of mindset just to add a little bit of the gentle pressure um, mm. the the approach that i mentioned before in terms of having everything ready is kind of the approach that i've been taking mm. so far with all the music really all the music releases i've done uh, up until this point uh, where i would make sure that i have all the music done yeah. and all the music recorded and had the artwork in place and then once I had that in place, I would go ahead and think about, okay, what can I do? Um, I mean, I did release some stuff along the way in terms of, um, you know, I would snare snippets from Studio Time. And we can talk about this uh, in one of the points that we're going to mention later on. Uh, but yeah, I think for the most part, I was quite um, stuck on the whole get everything ready and then start promoting. Because I've had, I, I used to listen to podcasts and I would listen to people from college that said, don't promote anything that you're not ready to to showcase and don't say that you're doing things because then if the at the end of the day if you don't release anything it will look bad mm-hmm. i kind of had that thought in my head so i tried to avoid announcing anything that wasn't ready i think the biggest thing i had when just from what you said there is that you know social media and the algorithms really pick up on your mm-hmm. continuation of posting and engaging your followers and i think it's hard to find that balance and i think if you don't announce anything you know say six months you spend writing the songs mm-hmm. and you know maybe you're not putting anything to do with what you're writing out at the mo- like what you're working on at that moment but then when you come to actually saying okay well i'll finish all the tracks i'm going to announce my my uh well you know release date and everything mm-hmm. and all the material that you've built up over that time how is the social media going to react, especially when in our position where, you know, we're not in the millions or hundreds of thousands of followers? Mm. How is Instagram and Facebook and all the other social medias, how are they going to be reacting to when we post? Are they actually going to, are people actually going to see those posts or are we going to get kind of pushed down again? Which happens, you know, I mean, Mm. I've, you know, people post stuff on Facebook, not that I go on there very much these days, but, there's there's times where someone's posts something up on facebook about you know a new release they've done and i was like well i didn't even know you put that up because mm. you, know, mm. you know only five percent are seeing it and they're not regularly you know True. posting on their pages so that was kind of the flip side i thought especially about you know keeping everything until you know you're you're ready to go so i don't know how you would kind of uh, switch that around and maybe find ways to engage your yeah social media platforms i think what you mentioned is very i mean it's very important the difference between having or an already established audience and then being in the position where you're a diy uh, artist and you're still kind of building that audience gradually i think maybe that's the two differences speaking of facebook uh we should also mention that we have see how how i did a very smooth very, transition there alex very smooth uh, <laughs> i set you up i was like <laughs> awesome <laughs> we're, we're getting really good at this um <laughs> It's the magic of editing. But anyway, yeah, speaking of Facebook, we do have a Facebook group that we've set up. Also a Facebook page for the Beat Around the Music podcast. But uh, the Facebook group is dedicated to kind of building a community. So if you've got projects and you want to share also your opinions on stuff that we're discussing during the podcast, you're more than welcome to join the uh, Facebook group. It's called the Beat Around the Music, the community. 
and uh, you can join and share your opinions, share your projects, and we want to grow a nice uh, little community where we can share our experiences, our point of views on uh, on topics like these. And yeah, if you want to join, there will be a link in the show notes. And if you're watching this on YouTube, if this ends up on YouTube, it will be in the description down below. Yeah. I think that's a great place for you to send your questions as well. You know, I think we're going to, mm-hmm. over time, hopefully, as more questions come in. Um, yeah, yeah. We'll either make a whole podcast on the questions or add them into the show, however. But it'd be great for you, you know, if there's anything you want to ask from these mm-hmm. shows, from these episodes, obviously post them up in there and we'll expand on them. And, you know, maybe it'll be a whole new podcast episode for us so that'll be good yeah that'll be awesome that'll be awesome well since we've uh, covered that kind of first question that popped up when we started talking about this uh, topic uh, maybe it's best to get started on these uh, five pillars that we came up mm. with um that would help support uh, your project before it gets released yeah i think this one was like i just said before um this was a good thing to do just set that release date for me I mean that put a little bit of extra pressure, and I'd now I'd I'd announced it on my Discord and mm. um, on my social media pages as well. So as soon as I did that, you could feel the little bit of extra pressure. You know, where even on my Twitch streams, people were like, "Oh, the album's coming out on this date." You know, just kind of yeah, people were anticipating. I know you know it's only one or two people, but you don't want to disappoint those. You know, so so yeah, set the release date as soon as you're ready to go. Or nice. even if you're not ready to go, just say this is going to be my release date. Don't obviously overcompensate that you're going to end up feeling a bit down if you don't manage to reach that time, you know. Mm. Um, so give yourself enough time for everything. Think what the stages are you're at and mm. then say this is when I can realistically deliver this project. Um, yeah. I think it also by... I think by setting a date you also kind of solidify that project it makes it a little bit more real because i've definitely in the past said oh i'm gonna work on an ep like the ep that i released last time it's been going on for well it went on for years and in the beginning i was just saying oh i'm working on an ep and i would just keep on posting about new music that is coming out but there was no kind of end date to when that was going to come out nobody knew like oh this is when this EP is about to drop. So it's just me just blabbing about a project that I'm working on. And I think that kind of uh, makes people that are interested in your music not feel very connected or not very aware of what's coming. Um, But you mentioned something that uh, I wanted to ask about because you're you're in the process of releasing every month. So you kind of know that every month you need to announce a release date. Mm. Now for you, do you feel that a month ahead or yeah, a month ahead of time is enough time to set a goal for a release? Or do you think that we should allow ourselves more time in order to uh, maybe alleviate some of the stress or, you know, give us more time to work on the music rather than feeling the pressure that, oh, we need to release something soon? Yeah, I mean, this is, this again, it comes down to what you're trying to achieve, where you are, what kind of music you're making. Um, For me, the lo-fi side of things there's a little bit less kind of emphasis on the end goal it's just me putting up tracks every month and just just for my own kind of personal like sense of achievement i feel like every month when i hit that goal that i've I've released a track i feel good about that you know and Mm -hmm. i just want to kind of feel 
that that same thing on a regular basis and build the confidence of releasing music yeah i've realized recently that i've you know i've got a lot of kind of self-doubt about releasing music and it kind of has feeded yeah. in to that for a long time so mm. you know just being able to recognize that feeling and just yeah. do little steps that can overcome it i mean mm -hmm. the amount i mean i mean i didn't realize how many tracks are just sitting on my hard drive and just kind of yeah having here. that you know they're all they need is just a couple of buttons and export and they'll be done but and they'll know. be done so that's again. interesting that you mentioned that sorry to interrupt that's interesting that you mentioned that because i was listening back to mr stj's interview that we did over uh, the christmas of well 2020 and he was talking about how releasing music is such a scary thing and I, I think a lot of people can relate to that whether it's music or any other creative project you are putting a bit you are putting a bit of your soul out there aren't you like mm. it's it's something very personal and something that you you've spent enough time on and put your heart and soul into it so when you put it out there you're worried about people not liking it or you think that it's not going to go anywhere you you have this self-doubt that oh man this is this is not sounding as good as it should be mm. but i mean i think for the most part i mean your music has been really successful in terms of people really enjoy it when they listen to it you've i, I know from like our friends uh, our common friends they've said really nice nice things about it so it's good that you should you, it's good that you're doing that mm. i wanted to ask in terms of the uh, you know you every releasing music every month yes you're doing it for yourself but in terms of setting goals like or announcement release date announcements do you say well i want to release it maybe on the 15th of every month do you have like a goal like that is that something that maybe if you're not doing now you would do in the future yeah i think originally i wanted to do the Bandcamp fridays um but i realized that was just being a bit too ambitious with the timing really well of how mm -hmm. the tracks have kind of lined up so yeah i've kind of just left that on the side for now um okay but yeah, I'm kind of aiming for the the early 20th of each month. So obviously okay, nice. this one was the 22nd. So mm. the next one, putting it out there, will be again the 22nd probably. Or maybe awesome. I'll try to... The, the Tuesday actually worked quite nice as a release. So yeah. maybe we'll try the 22nd again of March. So I mean, that's the great thing with monthly releases. You can experiment mm. with the different release dates and see what days work best. Exactly, yeah. Be best for you. But I think, yeah, it depends on your projects as well with how much time do you need to give yourself. So mm. if you're just doing one single, you know, think about how long does it take me to finish a track and all the little post-production parts. Um, if there's more than one track, obviously, compensate mm. for each time you need to finish each one. So definitely... Be generous with your time is what I'd say. Yeah. But then obviously don't give yourself two years to do an EP, for instance. Uh, what are you trying probably... to say, Alex? What are you trying to say? <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's no, you know, if it depends, again, it comes down to what stage you're at. But... No, I, th I think you're 100% right. And uh, kind of going into a point that you mentioned it in our planning of this episode, you kind of mentioned the whole setting mini checkpoints mm -hmm. along the way or mini like mini goals up to that release date there yeah. for you know once you get announced and that could be a whole podcast episode mm. within itself about that but uh, i thought that was very a very useful tip that you recommended that you know if you've got a release date it doesn't mean that that's the end date and nothing else goes on in between uh, from the time that you announce it to the time that it's released. Right. So you should always have, and you, I mean, I don't forget what you mentioned in our conversation, but you mentioned about like, what are some of the mini checkpoints that you could have as mm. uh, 
or in your project? Um, so, I mean, even just from the stage of taking an idea through the arrangement stage, you know, mm. arrangement stage. Um, and then from there, you, you've obviously got the mixing and then obviously mm -hmm. after that mastering. So all those yeah. things you can say, well, when can I get those done by? What's my checkpoint date that's going to allow me enough time to then say this is my release time and to get those that's to awesome. the standard that you want to be. And just to add on to that point, I think it's really good uh, if you're doing this on the regular basis, like for you, for example, you're doing this on a monthly basis. So you can start to learn how much time each process takes for you. Like, for example, you could say, well, I'll, I'll finish the track and then in three days I'll do the mixing. And maybe three days is way too much time. It may be not enough time. So you can gradually adjust the amount of time you need for each stage of the process and get a more realistic time timeline. Mm. 100%. I think you said the great, that's the greatest like tip I could offer you, I think, is that if you do, as in, you know, if you do the thing that we're trying mm -hmm. to do, is releasing music, the more you do this, the more you learn what you can achieve in those time frames. And especially if you're good at analyzing afterwards, you know, what went right, what what didn't quite work this time around mm. that I could change next time to 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 make it a, a better experience or for it to do better, you know, those sorts of things. If you can do that and you do it on a regular basis, you know, you're not spend you know, not doing one release a year and then that's it kind of thing if you can have a bit mm. of a plan even if you're doing an album and then you say well what's going to come after this album you know what kind of release is going to be next mm. think about the bigger picture not just the one kind of small track um i know we're kind of offshooting a whole new topic here but you know i think there's so much but, you can take in from just the checkpoints yeah. and announcing a release here you know i think there's a lot of things that we can talk about um regarding this topic and maybe we can expand uh, more on this on a future episode mm, um but yeah let's leave i think we it's a good place to wrap this uh, first point up i think the next point that we should definitely talk about and i i think this is something that you've started doing i've definitely been doing for a while and i mm. need to work on it a lot more but that is collecting email addresses and yeah. building up a newsletter and from my personal experience last year i tried to set a goal where it send one email at least every month. Mm. And I think that's quite good if you also mention that in the process of collecting emails because I think a lot of people are a bit wary of joining new uh, mailing lists because they just think they're going to be, be bombarded with like ads or, you know, join this and join that. And I mean, that's the whole point of mailing lists, I guess. But if you say to somebody, you know, like I only send one email a month and that's just like one general update of what's going on. I think it's just an amazing tool to have and mm, it's definitely. a good way to kind of keep people aware of your project. Mm. And um, yeah, I did that last year. I, I managed to send out nine out of the 12 months that I set goal, which was that's okay. Good. And to be, yeah, and to be honest, it was quite good because I had people messaging me or replying to those emails mm. and saying oh this is cool you know i just checked out this or i look forward to doing that when i when we announced the podcast uh, i sent a newsletter out saying oh we've just started a new podcast i had a few people get back to me so it is i mean it's not that everybody will um look at your email but it's a good tool to have because it does help create that awareness and keep people up to date definitely um yeah and um I mean, there's def definitely different ways you can go about uh, writing a newsletter and different formats that you can do. 
for me, I found it, if you're going to do the one month, uh, once a month type of email, for me, it was helpful just to have like three different sections. So I believe I had like latest news. So I'd put like all my mixing projects or if I had a release uh, during that time, I'd mention the release. I would do that multiple times. It wouldn't be just Mm. like, you know, every month you just remind people that you've got music out there. I would do a... um, the podcast, if I, there was a new podcast episode, I would mention the podcast episode, put a link to that. So there's definitely different ways you can go about writing a newsletter. And I think one of them is like kind of sharing the process, which is going to be the next point that we're going to kind of dive into. Mm. But you could do like things like a, like a blog, your newsletter could be a blog, just giving like updates on the process, your experiences, what you're learning throughout the process. Uh, maybe share a picture of two, um, which we'll mention later on. Uh, or it could be just like a simple thing. One idea that I had for next year is maybe doing like image of the day. Mm. So if I'm like in the studio, just share one image with a little blurb and just do that once a month just to let people know that, you know, this is happening. I'm in the studio. I'm in this space. I'm doing this thing this this month and so on and so forth. So, yeah, I think and I think this is a great transition into basically what we wanted to say about the the third point, which is sharing parts of the process and what are some of the ways you can do it and how far or mm. how deep do we want to go if we're in the pre-release um, state? Uh, do you want to, do you want to maybe share some thoughts on this? So yeah, as you know, you and I um, both stream Billy. So we're mm. kind of showing viewers a little bit of our, our little process already, yeah. you know, and they get to watch that live, which is always cool. Mm. Uh, and obviously if you're not a streamer, you can still take that kind of approach. I think, you know, it's just set up a couple of cameras or your phone, and just document you know aspects that you're doing you know whether it's if you're sitting down playing the piano or mm. playing a little guitar riff just put that on you know even yeah. if you've recorded it previously obviously that's what most of us do you know mm. i don't just sit there and come up with a great piano part off the off the uh <laughs> you don't so you're saying all those instagram <laughs> videos are a lie alex well, you know, sometimes it happens like that. But then uh, most of the time I'm trying to remember what I actually played. So I go through it about three times to find all the notes again. Or, That's true. You know, I so. do the same. I do the same. <laughs> but I mean, just to kind of um, add on to that point, because one of my my concerns with this was, and it, it's always a concern of mine, even like with um, leading up to this album release that I've been talking about, mm. is that how much of that process do I share now? And how much of the process should I save for later? Mm. And I think kind of going back to what you were saying is like, it's so easy nowadays to, you know, we've got our phones, which have really good quality cameras. If you've got even a decent laptop camera, you can use to kind of just capture the the process. And it doesn't mean that even though you've captured the process, you need to release that video or that picture straight away. Because if you going back to kind of how like, professionals or people who have huge teams behind them marketing teams they i think they i think their process is to collect as much material as possible that they can then use for when the album is about to drop or the single whatever Mm. it is so i think in general generally speaking it's Mm. a good practice to just capture some of the process whether it's as you mentioned sitting down at the piano and fiddling around um, my question to you is what is your opinion in regards to maybe sharing an entire song? Would you, is that something that maybe you would do? Like, for example, I know when you were preparing for your album, 
uh, which we're going to link in the show notes as well because we need to push that a little bit more, don't we? We want to get more people listening to Alex <laughs> JL it. because it's a great, I mean, to be honest, it's a great record. I really enjoy it. I listen to it when I'm when I'm working. It really fits that kind of um, mm. environment in terms of like wh- while you're doing work, so have some, some music in the background. That's uh, exactly but what yeah, it's for. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, a lot of lo-fi music is, has that function, doesn't it? Mm. But what I was going to say is that it was really nice to watch you on stream kind of go through each track and tweak things and kind of share your thoughts of like, oh, why don't you like this and why don't you like that? But obviously mm. that was happening in real time right before you even announced, I think, the the release date. So did you find that to be beneficial? Is that something that you would recommend other people do? Um, because I'm, I've got like, I'm on the fence a little bit about it in terms of how much I would share mm. uh, of that process. Yeah, it's really, it's a really hard one because I think if I hadn't have been on stream and had that time with obviously you and mm. all the other people that were watching during the whole period of me creating the first you know initial tracks because I had about ten tracks I think in the end and I ended up just kind of going down to six which I ended up releasing mm. um, but having people in the chat and go oh that sounds great you know that's when i'm like okay i'll commit to that part or you know even questioning parts where they it maybe wasn't quite working or even mm. making even complete suggestions of where it might sound good to go next that sort of mm. thing you know and i think from that aspect it helped me a lot just kind of develop the tracks and make them as they are really mm, um, okay but i also think at the same time so you can lose you know when you're streaming you can there's so much to focus on that the music almost becomes a bit of a backseat in a way and yeah. it becomes yeah. more about you and the entertainment side of things so mm. i think again it's you have to think what tracks maybe are going to be good for the full experience you yeah. Know, yeah 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 the I get journey what you journey to getting where it ends up and what tracks do you just want to spend you know alone and mm. just kind of work on them and then maybe use some of your close friends to kind of get that feedback and yeah. those sorts of things. But And that's something that we've talked about in past. Yeah. I think in one of the first episodes where we were saying like, how do you go about, uh, I think it was the episode with mentoring, uh, choosing a mentor and having people that you trust that mm. will listen to the track and actually will give you um, honest feedback on it. Whereas I think maybe in a, in a stream setting, mm-hmm. as you said, there's the entertainment element. So maybe you're not putting as much focus on it. Uh, as you should but i really like that idea of maybe you know if you're gonna do the stream because streaming has become a huge thing since the pandemic hit right Mm -hmm. so i think a lot of people are moving whether it's instagram live twitch youtube live as well is kind of building up um but in in that sense it may be a good way to kind of share snippets of it like if you finish Mm -hmm. the track maybe it's a good opportunity to kind of give a behind the track kind of thing rather than saying oh Mm -hmm. what do you think about this what do you think about that but going back to, I mean, I again, I really enjoyed the process of you kind of working on the tracks because obviously I'm into kind of that whole music production and the creativity side of things. But maybe for yeah. the average listener, for example, they might not get as attached to it. But mm. maybe the whole you could do that's something that you could do as a as a vlog, for example, on which mm. you can then release on on YouTube, or you could do like a quick kind of um, time lapse. One one example, I mean, one thing that I did and. It had some success in the sense of creating awareness, but it it was actually quite fun for me to do is 
for the EP, I would always have my cousin with me filming uh, little snippets of the studio, or if I'm working with somebody at their home, I would make sure that I had a camera set up. And what mm. I would do is kind of create these time-lapse type videos where I would add, um, so the EP that I have choices we make has kind of an opening theme. So I took that opening thing, I put it over each video. So it kind of started creating a theme and a teaser, a little bit of a tease for what the sound would be of, of the record. Mm. Uh, but that's I think that that's a good way because you're not giving too much away. You're yeah. not diving too deep into the music before it's actually going to be released. So it's finding yeah. that fine balance, right? The, that balance between how much to share and how much uh, to kind of tease, I guess. That's a good way to put it. I think it. so, yeah. I think because I think you got to just pick maybe... Obviously, it depends on how what how many tracks you're releasing and that sort of mm. thing. But I think just think about how much do you want to give away. Obviously, which tracks would suit being you know in a live setting. If you're doing a lot of one thing that would work really well is if if it was a live if you went to kind of stream the process live is you playing a lot of the parts. You know, mm. and in the guitar, the piano, bass, or whatever it might be. You know, all those kind of or even doing the, the whole lyric writing would be quite fun to watch you know yeah. someone just writing the, the story of the song and um, that's a tricky one to make though like, yeah for, um, it depends how, how quick of a write. like we were talking when we were brainstorming this uh, topic we were talking about the charlie puth videos that have been popping up on tiktok yeah. and instagram yeah. where he's like talking about his latest track light switch and he says what if a song sounded like this and he goes it's as if it's happening on the spot but he probably going back to bit things being pre-prepared it's probably the case where he's already made the track but then he's using kind of the process and making it a little bit more theatrical and mm. i mean you have to sell it somewhat somehow it, yeah. and also the main reason of doing these type of content is to create awareness you, ne you need to let people know that mm. this is going on this is this is happening you've got this music so it's this constant you know finding ways to constantly remind people that you know, I've got music out there. You know, this is how I made it and all that stuff. Just yeah. to build on um, the whole t live streaming YouTube videos, mm. you know, creating kind of little snippets behind the scene. I think we should also address uh, the genre of music that you can actually go out and play live. Like, for example, lo-fi, we, <clears throat> we kind of discussed this. If you Maybe if you were a DJ and you were doing a DJ set, it would be an opportunity to showcase a new track. But mm. for example, singer-songwriter type music, if you're out and about, like I found it quite helpful to go test the songs out in a live setting. So when I was writing the EP, kind of mentioning it again, I, I would go out and perform the songs. And in most cases, I could gauge already which songs would be uh, accepted more from audiences and which ones were kind of like songs for me, let's say. And I would always get the questions like, oh, where can I find this music? So I, I knew I was onto something. And it's kind of good to kind of test drive songs that way. And you can also create awareness that way as well. Because then you could tell people, oh, I'm dropping a, uh, a an EP on this date. Or you can mention the newsletter going back to the previous point. Oh, you can join the newsletter to find out when, when the album's going to drop. So I think that's an, also an important way to kind mm. of share parts of the process and rather than just creating content online is actually doing it in person, in person yeah. open mic yeah. nights or maybe you book a, a gig with you know a, you're an opening act for somebody somebody else maybe you have mm -hmm. your own gig i mean that it's all it, it all works you know every little bit helps
yeah i mean i i did exactly the same thing when i was making um house music so i've obviously in my sets and i'd i'd kind of slip in any new tracks that i was working on just to nice. kind of give them a test um and the nice thing about that as well i could hear how they sounded against other tracks and yeah. on a big system because if it didn't slap on those systems i knew i had to go back to fix the mix or you mm-hmm. know if something doesn't quite blend with another track like you know my drums were too loud compared to the track i mixed before i know yeah. something needs to change about that so yeah always good to put them into context in some form and sometimes you're... you get new ideas as well don't you like sometimes mm-hmm. kind yeah. of talking about the arrangement and all that stuff maybe you think oh maybe i should add this instrumentation maybe it doesn't need guitar for example in mm-hmm. my case so there's some songs that i thought let's strip the guitar and just leave piano in so it's that's it yeah yeah I, yeah, I completely agree with you. Yeah, you can modify the arrangement, you know, if if your breakdown's not long enough and you want to create more tension because mm. you, you feel like the crowd would have benefited from that, you know, mm. those kind 100%. of things always, always useful. Also, kind of, when, yeah, I was going to add ahead. in something, you know, about the live stream. Mm-hmm. I was going to mention disclosures because this might be useful to put in okay. back, go back a little bit. Yeah. So disclosure and their new song with Zed, they actually did a live stream post-release, you know, it'd been on radio, all the premieres and all that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. They then did a live stream and a breakdown of the song. Oh, nice. Um, That's a great idea. So they did, I think they did this on Twitch, but they were, you know, I was in there and people were asking questions about the track, how they Mm. did certain things. And they were really, yeah, they're really going into good detail about how they made it and kind of the background of how it came about working with Zed as mm. well, which was quite cool. Oh, nice. Uh, so, yeah, definitely worth checking the uh, the VOD out of that if you've Yeah, maybe we it. can find it and add it to the uh, show notes as well. Do, what, mm. do you know if this was like pre-release or was this like post-release? This was post-release. So I know post-release. I'm kind of skipping in, but, you know, I'm just, talk- I'm just thinking about how yeah. you can build up all the content that you I wanna... mean if you're consistent with live streams mm. and if you're somebody who likes to live stream whether it's again on Instagram live or Twitch or any other platform I mean if you have that consistency and people know that you do this then that's definitely something I mean I would do that before you know mm. beforehand as well maybe not go into too much detail with the song but kind of sharing you know this week I worked on um, this track and I think this kind of brings up another topic well subtopic to this is like what are some of the things that you could talk about on stream if you were to do a live stream or uh, maybe like a Q&A on your socials mm. and stuff like that and some of the things that we came up with was like you know obviously you can talk about the process and like say you were in the studio one day rather than sharing an image or a video clip of you being in the studio maybe it's something that you could jump on a Instagram live and say oh today I was in the studio and kind of give more of a story more personalized stories so people can actually interact with you rather than mm-hmm. just watching a clip on the socials. Um, we mentioned before, like in terms of the newsletter, we could uh, talk about things that we're learning uh, uh, during the process, you know, mm-hmm. things that we found out, you know, interesting things that translate maybe are a bit universal, maybe not just as, um, you know, music production type topics, but maybe you can think about, the themes that you you want to talk about or maybe something that's been on your mind and things that you'd like to talk about in your music that's i think people can connect to that stuff and yeah. because it's quite human isn't it and i think mm. even if you're not quite ready to release the music or you're working on the music it's kind of a nice thing to introduce to your audience and get people interested in what you're doing yeah and you've got definitely the personal approach you know be 
don't try and be something you're not just be what mm. you are and that's a lovely tip definitely relate to that awesome i mean there's there's a lot of great stuff for this mm. topic to talk about as well uh but i think this is a good place to uh, kind of wrap this up and move on to the next two uh, topics that we want to talk about which kind of intersect but I think they're also two separate things. The first thing that we should talk about is making sure that everything is in order once the music is done. And mm. we've written down a few bullet points here. Do you want to go ahead and mention the uh, first one? Yeah, I think you can, again, you can go back to your mini checkpoints and checklists on these because I think there's so much, you know, we're doing probably 10 different jobs really when you yeah. break down all the different roles we're, we're, we've, we're kind of working on here. Um, but yeah, what, some of the main things I think always claim your profiles. Always make sure you've claimed your uh, artist profiles on all your stream sites. So you know Spotify, Apple Music, um, YouTube as well. Make sure that's kind of all nicely set up, ready to go. Um, mm -hmm. And it just makes sure that you know you've got your bio there. You've got some pictures ready to go. Um, I know we're going to mention the EPK, but um, mm -hmm. the electronic press kit. But we'll kind of go back to that in a, in a little bit. Yeah. Yeah um and yeah i mean you mentioned having the artwork ready before you even set your release date so you know make sure you've got your artwork and you're happy with mm. that and all the social media banners and everything that go with that too um i mean there's a lot there's a lot to cover there because you need to think i mean we can make a list maybe uh, yeah. If we have, we're thinking of setting up a, maybe a blog for this. So maybe we'll write up a blog of things that you can do and where you can find those links. But when you think about having the artwork and then preparing the social uh, graphics as well, there's a lot of things that you, you should do and set up. Like you need to think about what banner you're going to use for your Facebook page. If you've got a Facebook group, Twitter, you need, you, it's good to kind of go through those websites and find out what the dimensions are and how to, you know, put everything together and mm. uh, create the artwork that will support your album definitely yeah yeah i mean how what what kind of merch did you uh do when you released your ep oh man i went i went crazy <laughs> i went crazy i mean i don't know if you remember the when we first met i had that the basically the merch that i had then is what i set up in the beginning i found this website called teespring which is now called spring and i think we've okay, talked yeah. about it on on another podcast but I got so excited with the merch that I could create. I made like every single t-shirt, every single hoodie I could find. I made mugs. I made like, uh, what do you call those bags that you put shopping in? The you oh, know, like hipsters. Tote, tote tote, yeah, those yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah. I made the, I made everything. <laughs> I went it's overboard. Of <laughs> which is a lot of options. And I think that's something that, um, I mean, again, it's a, a topic within itself, but maybe mm. selecting two or three things that you know people would be interested in getting like a mug is a really great idea i think a lot of people on stream mm. as well like on twitch uh their merch definitely consists of a a mug like your mug i i wish i could show it on on screen i don't have it with me but uh i really love your mug because it's got the album artwork it's got the track list it's a nice travel mug it's very very unique hip. and it's very personal hip. yeah i'm very hip as well i mean it's something <laughs> yeah. that you know people would be interested in Mm. in getting um hoodies are always good options i think mm. i mean maybe you could do if you're really into making merch you could do like summertime you could do t-shirts and then wintertime you could do hoodies you know you could swap it around rather than having the same merch every single time mm. you could like That's have different one yeah different uh we should write that down i just came up with that but mm. <laughs> but yeah that's that's um that's something that you could do in terms of 
um, keeping your merch interesting rather than having the same thing month after month after month, maybe introducing a new one each month. And um, just because you don't know, some people may have too many mugs. Maybe they just want a T-shirt, you know. Yeah, so stuff options. like that. But my, yeah, the, the, that was my kind of merch store. I've, I've since deleted everything and now I've only got like <laughs> one mug, which is kind of related to the Twitch Twitch streams. But I need to definitely spend time in uh, setting up maybe with the uh, past albums, some of the artwork from there. Yeah. How about you? Did you do, uh, I mean, I know you've got some merch now with the new album, but what about before that? No, I didn't really do any merch before. Um, mm. I felt like it was... I didn't really have anything to put on there. It would just be a logo mm. and, you know, I was kind of, yeah. No one really knew who I was, really. Let's be honest. And I was you just could, kind You of could like, put your face, the I smiling could put face. put my face on yeah. there, yeah. Then people <laughs> would definitely know who you are. That's it, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think I got into merch at the right time. You know, I did mm. the album, had some nice hoodies and T-shirts and obviously the mug that you mentioned as well. That's a, I think that's a nice mix, really. Mm. Um, enough for everyone to kind of feel like they've got something mm. that fit would fit with them yeah um, and i'm gonna do i'm gonna do some nice shirts for the kaleidoscope release because i think i can do some um some nice pattern work with that yeah it was it's cool. really nice really nice cover uh cover art is really good really good yeah. good selection as well yeah uh i was just gonna add on to what you were saying in terms of the um preparing your merch so some people may be thinking like oh why would anybody buy the merch from an album that's not been released yet but that's you need to think about it as obviously your merch is going to be purchased by people that are your let's put quotations super fans or your family mm. members and it's just a nice thing to have in preparation for the album like it's something that you know if somebody gets it they're going to kind of be supporting you and promoting your album in their own way as well so exactly. don't think of it as you know i don't have the album yet i shouldn't put merch out there mm. it's improper if you think about what the big names do that's kind of what they do in order to promote an album they will put out all the merch they'll do the posters they'll create the graphics all of this kinds kind of ties in into your pre-release uh setup Definitely. moving on from merch uh we can talk about maybe i mean obviously you got the music ready you got your masters done uh you've got your you've claimed your artist profiles on spotify apple music or whatever other platform you want to be on Obviously, you need to get your music onto those platforms, don't you? So, I yeah. mean, there's different ways you can go about it. I think both of us use DistroKid. It's been Distro quite a good, Kid, um, yeah. very yeah. nice, very nice uh, platform. A very good company in terms of distributing your music at a fair easy. price, I think, as well. Easy to use as well. I think I'll add yeah. on there. I yeah, just definitely. Think it's, it's so simple. You just fill out all the metadata, mm. artwork, oh, artwork. Um, and yes, you just select what stores you want. But when you're going to upload your music onto these platforms, you need to think about when your release date is because mm. some of these platforms take a while to actually put your music on there. Yeah. So make sure that you give enough time for your audio to be processed by DistroKid and distributed to Spotify, Apple Music, mm. Google uh, Google Store sometimes. Uh, what else is there out there? The Deezer. Deezer, Amazon. There's so Twitch. many these days. I mean, on Amazon. even yeah. goes on TikTok and Snapchat, I think, now. So yeah, now so there's multiple places. Yeah. Obviously, there's a lot of places that it needs to get to. So make sure that you give enough time for mm. that release to kind of um, be processed in, in preparation for your release date. Yeah, because they, they do say give at least a month, ideally. Mm -hmm. As long, you know, the more... Yeah. The, Really, the the longer the better, they say. But obviously, yeah, 
they do they do turn around quickly on some sites but mm. if you're going yeah. for you know everything everything that they have available stick to what they recommend you know this is that's what they say to us as a yeah. as a guide really so can't. also in, in i guess it also depends on what the uh, project actually is if it's a single it might get processed a little bit mm. faster mm. if it's an album or an ep it might take a bit longer That's to get right. through all the songs yeah. so yeah definitely make give yourself enough time but other than spotify and apple music and all those kind of major streaming platforms there are some other options mm. as well aren't there Alex? yeah i mean band camps i started my band camp for the album and Ooh. um yeah it's been a great place to to actually just mm. connect with Pete, your your super fans, go back to that word because I quite like that. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Um, yeah, just connect with the super fans and the people that really do want to invest in you have that option to, you know, get mm. your merch, have the merch and the download code as well, which is quite nicely done on Bandcamp. Um, yeah. But yeah, you got other options as well, like SoundCloud. When when I first started releasing music, I, it was definitely a place mm. where I would upload my music because it was it was I think it was quite an easy way to share it i don't think yeah. with spotify like when i get spotify links to check out some music i don't use spotify so it's a bit limiting then i have to go onto apple music and search the album mm. whereas with soundcloud i think you just share a link and whether you have an account or not you have access to that music is a little bit easier yeah. same with bandcamp i think bandcamp is the along the same lines you don't have to have I mean, you can have the app on your phone. There is an option, mm. but say you're on your computer, it's quite easy to access. And I think it, that's that accessibility is what's great for sharing your music rather than saying, oh, you Spotify. Maybe they're not a Spotify user. Maybe they're not an Apple Music user. Mm. Uh, so in that, in that sense, it's a good platform to have. On the topic of Bandcamp, it's great uh, platform because it actually supports your art the artist directly Definitely, right yeah. rather than having that huge split amongst the distribution company mm. and the stream platforms you're actually supporting the uh the artist directly which if i can support somebody directly i prefer to do that because i know that that money is going to them and they're not getting like 0.002 cents for a stream um <laughs> you know it it's something that i think we've kind of forgotten to do as uh, a society i think we've that access to a lot of information has made uh, things uh, a little bit devalued things i guess again it all kind of ties together doesn't it so mm-hmm. all the all the promotional content you've made all the recordings you know this is the time to think how are we gonna kind of use that to build the anticipation for the release mm-hmm. um on top of that you obviously can use your live stream platforms whether it's instagram live you know Bandcamp, like we mentioned, obviously mm-hmm. has introduced the live stream options. Um, YouTube premieres, you know, the listening parties and obviously Twitch yeah. without even forgetting that one. Yeah, yeah. So organizing some sort of show or live performance, um, whether you're playing a track or you're even going to perform the track live, you could do mm-hmm. both actually. Both are really good ways to do that. Yeah. Um, and making it, you can obviously depending on where you are with your state your stage of music and how many followers you have and everything can make this a ticketed event so it's a mm-hmm. bit more exclusive that sort of side of things um so again also yeah doing free giveaways so i did like a free giveaway of yeah. some album codes which was really good you know people were actually hmm. were getting excited about the little uh it's good because, thing, so. because if you have like for example we, we as you mentioned we stream on twitch and obviously there's people who subscribe to the channel which is mm. sort of different for anybody who doesn't know what 
Twitch is it subscribing on Twitch is very different to subscribing on YouTube. When you subscribe on Twitch, you're actually paying a monthly fee to kind of have access to some uh, premium stuff that are only related to that person's channel. So if you have Twitch subbies, it's quite a nice thing to, as you say, Twitch subbies. Twitch subbies. <laughs> you, I, I was gonna, I was gonna laugh yeah, at that. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I've so, I'm so used to saying Twitch subbies now that I, I it's, it's like not a big thing. Yeah, you've, you've. <laughs> You've ru it's rubbed off on me, but uh, <laughs> if you've got so if you do have those amazing Twitch subbies, you can actually offer them a download code from mm. Bandcamp so That's they get it. early access to it. So having all that in place is actually a great thing because mm. then you don't have to worry about it on the day of the release. Yeah, um, having all this thing again, it comes back to your checkpoints, your your little bit of planning. You know, having mm. some of this stuff all kind of in place just takes a little bit of that pressure off, so you can actually enjoy the day of you know yeah. releasing this the track you know definitely it's a great it's a big thing you know um it is a big, a big thing, thing. It's a big thing and you want to enjoy it. you don't want it to be a stressful day you want to mm -hmm. see everything going up and be like wow it's out there now and it, um, it just goes smoothly as smoothly as possible at least yeah obviously the last thing you might want to add on to now you've got your promotional gear is how you're going to have your landing pages and how people are going to go to your if you've got a website how are they going to get to your website and what's going to be on there so again adding that time to update the website i mean i i don't know about you but my website's not really fully functioning at the moment but <laughs> yeah, mine's i would say mine's semi-functional i need to definitely give it a little bit more clarity because i've got mm. music mixing services i've got quite a few things going on there but yeah i, yeah, I definitely I agree like. yeah, agree, yeah agree with you like in terms of having a place on your website or maybe even making it a landing page so when people mm. go onto your website if they are going to use your website just have that as a landing page where everything is kind of clearly outlined where they can listen to the record where they can pre-save we didn't talk about pre-saving um your your music on spotify and stuff like that so mm. having the that music kind of going back to what we were saying before having your music up there and having that pre-save button that you can put on your landing page is um is a great tool to have as well because then it creates a lot more hype for the platforms that you people are listening on as well mm. so on the spotify pre-save button obviously the good thing about having all your followers do that initially is that on release day um or on release on their release radar so anyone they follow or they pre-saved mm -hmm. it goes into their release radar playlist and the same uh, yeah. thing on the release day as well. It also gives you a little pop-up of saying, mm -hmm. you know, this track's been released today. Um, I think you really can do cool. the same on Bandcamp as well. There's yeah. a pre-save button on Bandcamp. And we actually, when we were talking uh, and setting this uh, this episode up, I got an <laughs> email from Bandcamp saying the uh, the album has been released. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was the, well, not the album, the single, the Kaleidoscope, had been released. So you can see that it actually works quite well yeah. to have those options uh, options there. Yeah, yeah so but nice you little were, reminder. A nice little reminder, but did you also say that it, it helps push your music up in the platform as well? well it, it, so it goes on to... Um, so Spotify have this release radar playlist that oh, okay, updates okay, yeah. every, every week. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's on a Friday update. So... You know, if you've got, if they've pre-saved your track, it will then go into that playlist. So when they go and listen to, when that person goes to listen to that playlist, mm -hmm. they'll see your track in there. So which oh, is really nice. Cool. Okay. Oh yeah, that's definitely um, a good thing, isn't it? To have have you. So, yeah. It's kind of your music already gets onto a playlist without you having to do anything. Yeah. Which exactly. is, which is a good thing. 
and people Very don't, nice. don't necessarily you know they might forget oh it's release day today mm. but then they'll go yeah they might go through so, that playlist and go there it is and do, do so. you get a do you know if you get an email uh like do you get a um like a like a, every friday do they send out an email saying oh this playlist has been updated or i think they do if you have that marketing uh what how okay. do they call it you know yeah, you need got to check email. that box i agree yeah. for to that's receive it. marketing yeah. I email see. notifications okay. i see yeah i see nice um, nice so kind of wrapping up that point uh and moving on to the the last point that we want to talk about is so you have everything in place uh and if you do have your artwork uh, have some options some websites where you've got your music up there, up there you've got the pre-save button all that good stuff there's a few other things that you can do in addition that will support having all this in place so i would say the first thing that i did when i was doing the ep is go onto a platform called Submit Hub. I think we've talked about this. Mm. Uh, I mean, it's a hit or miss type of website. Like you, sometimes you get good things out of it. Sometimes nothing happens. Uh, but I went on there and just contacted a whole bunch of blogs. So I, I went on to found whatever blogs I thought would relate well to the genre of music that I was doing, and I'd tell them, send them a message saying, you know, I've got this record coming out on this date. Uh, this is the style of music. Here's maybe some private links for them to check out, and if they would be interested to do a write-up for for the music, which is which is a nice thing because then you have that in place as well in terms of getting some extra promotion. And I think for the EP, I got a write-up for a blog in the states, which was quite cool. And I got some people that read that blog, and they joined, you know, the Facebook pages and Instagram, and they've been like following me ever since. Nice. Um, and yeah, Submit Hub is one example. I'm sure there's other ones out there. Like with Submit Hub, sometimes I think they what they do is they give you like they've got a credit system. So they give you like mm. two credits a week, I think. Something and you like can that, submit yeah. yeah, you can yeah. submit to blogs and there are some some things that you can submit to but you have to have a premium account which mm-hmm. you I think you decide how much money you want to there's different like tiers that you can pay for. And I tried those out as well. I mean, I didn't, to be honest, I didn't get much out of it. It could have been the music, you know, maybe I didn't have things in place. Um, But yeah, I mean, that's a great option and something that, you know, we should be doing uh, when we have music ready to be released. Just contact as many blogs as you can and mm. um, well preferably music blogs make sure that it's related to well, <laughs> to yeah. music right yeah <laughs> not, not any blog but yeah not a gardening <laughs> blog maybe, God, yeah, maybe that not, w- not so good <laughs> not so good not so good i mean the, yeah definitely get into the blogs i mean that they they still definitely have a lot of relevance to mm. to today because obviously a lot of the blogs now are doing these playlists so yeah um you know they write about tracks that they're highlighting but within there there's they've got these playlists you know that they, they're collating on a regular mm. basis so yeah definitely That's worth good. checking out um yeah. i mean radio i still think it has a good part to play in you know? yeah um, i mean here in the uk we have bbc introducing have you yeah. used bbc introducing before yeah so when i did a couple of releases in 2020 with um some vocalists we had plays on um bbc sorry nice. i think it was i think it was sorry mm. um, which was cool and uh yeah it's always great just to again add to your promotional materials you know you just yeah. take a little snippet of the the track being introduced on mm. bbc introducing you know um yeah i mean that's a, that's a good so, uh, i kind of like the fact that they have bbc introducing here i don't know if they have yeah. something equivalent in any other countries people should let us know if they if they are but um mm. no i've had i've had 
some radio play through BBC Introducing. It's quite nice. And then, I mean, they also pay you for the airplay, which is quite nice as well. Yeah, so that's exactly. a, a benefit. So it's kind of hitting different points that you, you can make money off your music, but also get that exposure that mm. you'd like to get out of it. Um, have you ever tried contacting like other radio shows, like not BBC Introducing, which kind of is made to support indie artists? Have you ever mm. tried reaching out to other record, uh, not record labels, sorry, uh, other radio shows? I've always found that, that side of things very difficult. I remember mm. I was trying to do that when I was starting out. Uh, well, I wasn't starting out as such, but when I was kind of about, about 18, 19, trying mm. to contact radio shows and stuff. But I think unless it, again, this comes down to what style of music you're making. So for me, I was making a lot of house music. So mm. the biggest thing I was trying to do was actually contact the DJs that were playing on, you know, ah, nice. some of the, the, the radios um, just to see if they, they'd play the track, basically. Just giving That's out like free... Yeah, like a free promo sort of thing so they can have the track, doesn't mm. just so they can test it out. I actually found that because I was releasing for a label at that time, they were doing this because obviously they had links to DJs playing out and mm. they had like a whole DJ promo list. So, um. and the nice thing about that was the ones that did support the track would have to leave a little bit of feedback on, you know, the track itself. Mm. So you could actually start seeing who was supporting it and also then you could use if they did play it on their radio show for instance you could uh go and listen to listen back and you know again take a little snippet from when they played it you know that sort of stuff that's pretty cool so nice yeah, so. and you could add that to your your landing page and you can like, yeah. add that to like uh, your newsletter as well it kind of all ties in together yeah um so find i think find on that side of thing i think find djs that play the music you make i mean this is mm. obviously a bit niche in terms of what certain yeah. styles obviously djs would play but you know if it fits into what you make then reach out but it, to the dj i mean it? yeah it's good that you mentioned the niche thing because for you for example you're doing lo-fi so mm. that's something that you can quite easily google let's say djs that play lo-fi music mm. so it's there, there is a way to reach out to like if you've got a niche music it's quite easy to find people that will play that type of music i think maybe if you're doing pop or singer songwriter stuff mm. it's such a saturated um genre of music that it might be a bit harder to actually reach out to um just like any radio show and ask them to play it because they obviously mm. work with record labels as well so they want to make sure that everything's in place uh, mm. everything's like documented correctly uh, but I mean, even going back to Submit Hub, I mean, you can, there are internet radio shows that have accounts on there that you could submit your music to. And the nice thing with that is that some people will go as far as giving you some feedback on your music mm -hmm. and why it doesn't fit their platform, their playlist, um, which is a good thing because that will help you kind of um, decide who you, you should be contacting and maybe in the future decide what type of music you want to make if mm. you want to get that radio play as well Definitely. uh one one person that i met at the beginning of the pandemic uh he goes by